Why don't we bless the Lord? Bless the Lord in his house. Thank God for pureness, praise. With the opportunity to see what the Bible means when it says praise him. Sound of the trumpet, heart praising with the string instruments. We, we just got a little dose of that here today. We thank God for every opportunity to feel what we are feeling right now. Second Kings chapter 7. Second Kings chapter 7. We'll focus on verse 3. These are the words that you find there. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. They said one to another, Why sit we here until we die. Why sit we here until we die? I want to develop that thought right there. Why sit we here until we die? My brothers and sisters, you have not learned it already, you will learn that there are times when inactivity is not an option. That there are times when you've got to move. There are times, brothers and sisters, that sitting still can put you in a life or death situation. Over time, my brothers and sisters, I have become, over time, a very patient man. And I say over time because I want you to know I wasn't born like that. I take no credit for my patience. I've learned how to be patient. And mostly my patience comes from my early childhood, I was taught how to lean and depend on the Lord. And over time, over time, when you're raised like that, over time, and you go through enough stuff, I've matured to a place in God that I know that always God is working things out. I don't get anxious like I have. I don't get anxious anymore. Because too many times I've seen God. I wonder if I got a witness in here. Yeah, yeah, there's some things that you can't worry me about anymore because too many times I've seen God move. He's always working things together 
for good. And so over time, I have learned how to just wait on him. I tend not to worry, brothers and sisters. I tend not to worry when others worry. And I tend not to panic when other folk are panicking. And because of that, my brothers and sisters, I, 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 I am often slow to act. Don't bring me nothing and tell me it got to be done by Friday. I don't operate like that. I'm very, very slow to act because I realize that many times when we act so quick, we get in God's way. But then, brothers and sisters, there are sometimes, there are some situations in life, my brothers and sisters, that you don't have the option of waiting it out. Life will send some things your way that you've got to learn how to deal with right now. I'll give you an example. If you are sitting up in a burning house, you don't have the option of sitting there saying, I think I'll wait it out. Are y'all hearing this? Many, many, sadly, many have died this week because they misread their options and decided to wait out a storm when they had been warned that you ought to get out of here. Sometimes you don't have the option of waiting it out. The bottom line is when staying in your present position is sure to result in your demise, that's where you have to draw the line. When staying where you are means that you will die, then that is where you have to draw the line. You don't have the option to wait it out. At that point, when you're at that point, a decision has to be made. And this, my brothers and sisters, is the situation where these four leprous men these men, these men, they have leprosy and they find themselves in a situation just like that. Follow me now. When you get home, I want you to read the whole story. You'll find that the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad, he, he's the king of Syria, and, and he has been humiliated by one of the prophets of God. Elisha, Elisha, that great prophet, had prayed to God, and after Elisha prayed to God, his whole army was stricken with temporary blindness. Y'all hearing this? The king's army is stricken with blindness because of this preacher, this prophet out there. So the king became angry. He was so angry and he was so humiliated that that not only did he want to destroy the, the preacher Elisha, he wanted to destroy the whole nation of Israel. Are y'all hearing me? Now that's mad. Mad at one man, but I, I, I want to destroy every one of them. So that's what the king did. He was so humiliated. He set out to destroy all of Israel. But the king had a problem. He had a problem. He, 
says, I, I want to destroy these folk, but I know they're God. I've watched these people. I've watched them fight. And, and, and what I notice about these people is every time they go to battle, really ain't many of them, but every time they go to battle, God always steps in. He says, I've noticed that I, I, I can't go to war with these folk and prevail against them because somehow God will always intervene and, and fight their battles for them. So he came up with a strategy. This is the strategy. He says, what I'll do is I will starve the whole city to death. And the way he did that, the way he did that is he used his army not to fight, but to set up camps on all of the roads coming into Samaria. Set up and blocked off every road that was coming into Samaria so that no food or anything else could get into the city. Y'all look at this strategy. See, if I, if I block off all the roads and they can't get food and supplies into the city, then I don't have to fight. They'll all eventually starve to death. So that's his strategy. His strategy is to block off all of the roads coming in. And guess what? It worked. It worked. The people in the city, they, they began to suffer because there was no way to get food to them. There was no way to get anything in it. But in the midst of all of that, now here we are. We're on one story. And this is why some people get real confused about the Bible. But you got to know that God moves in mysterious ways. Here we are talking about a king that is mad and a king that has set up a strategy, a king that has shut off all the roads to the city. And right in the middle of that, verse 3, says there were four leprous men. Now, now you get a little confused there. Now, I thought we were talking about one thing. And now all at once, the writers start talking about these four men with leprosy. Are y'all hearing me? But right in the middle of all of the story, everything that's going on, the writer brings up these four leprous men. And these men, these men, they, 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 because of their condition, because they had leprosy, by law, they had to be separated from everybody in the city. That's by law. Because of the disease they had, they had to be put outside of the city wall. Now, that's a strange place for those men to be brought up. But now, you, not, you need to see this picture. This is the picture that the Bible is painting for us. Here's the scenario right here. Four sick men have been ostracized from a starving city. Just get that in your mind. Four men who are sick have been put out thrown out of a starving city. How much worse can things get when you're already starving and you've been put out of the city? You got to understand these men. Got to understand the men. When, see, when there was food in the city, at least every now and then, somebody could come and throw something over the wall to them. 
when there was food in the city. Yeah, every once in a while, somebody would think about they were out there and, and throw a little something outside the city wall to them. But now, they are ostracized outside of the wall. And, and people inside of the wall, they are starving already. Are y'all getting this? Yeah, the people inside are starving. They're on the outside, so the people inside don't have anything to share with them on the outside. So, we see that situation. Looks like a hopeless situation. But now we begin to see why, why all at once they jump up in the middle of this story. Conversation, listen, let's listen to the conversation these four men are having there. They're outside the gate and they're talking to each other. Listen to the conversation that they're having with each other. They realize that there's no food inside. They realize that they'll soon die there. Listen to what they're saying to each other. They say, why sit we here and die? Why, why, why just sit here? And die. And then they started considering what kind of options they have. Read it. Read it. It's right there in the book. They started considering their option. Option one is maybe we ought to go back into the city. But after talking about that and thinking about it, well, they died in there. Are y'all hearing me? They they, they just as hungry as we are. So option one is out. Option one is out. We go back in there. That's not a good option because in the city, they are dying of starvation just like we are. And all we'll do, we go back in there is just die with everybody else. The second option was just sit here and do nothing. Just sit here and do nothing. But then they, they said to themselves, well, if we sit here and do nothing, we're certainly going to die. Situations that we're in, if we don't do anything, we'll sit here and we will die. But then there is one more option. One more option. It ain't a good option. But it's better than the other two. They say to each other, if we can be bold enough to walk up into the enemy camp. It's amazing what needing will make you do, isn't it? If we can be bold enough to just walk on up into the enemy camp, there is a chance. As slight as it is, that the enemy might have mercy on us and give us food. But listen at their line of thinking. Listen, it makes plenty of good sense. Yeah, they might have mercy on us and they might give us food. So if they do have mercy and they give us food, we'll survive. But even if they don't give us any food... We're going to die anyhow. Are y'all hearing me? Even if they don't give us anything, even if they kill us, we, 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 we were going to die. Are y'all hearing me? 
So, so my brothers and my sisters, here is a peculiar position to be placed in. A position where doing nothing will lead to your death. I'm going somewhere. It's a, it's a peculiar place to be put in where inactivity will lead to your demise. A situation where none of your options are good options. Anybody ever been there? <laughs> yeah, when you look at all your options and ain't none of them good options. None of your options are good options, but then doing nothing is not an option at all because doing nothing will lead to your death. Although it's a tough situation, although nobody wants to be in that situation, the truth of the matter is when you don't have many options, it makes it easier to make a decision. I'm trying to help somebody here. Sometimes it's hard for us to decide anything because we got too many options. Oh, y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. Y'all remember? Some of y'all do, I'm sure. How easy it used to be to decide what you were going to wear to church Sunday. <laughs> y'all remember? You, you remember when you got up on Sunday morning? You didn't get up wondering what you were going to wear to church. <laughs> you got up on Sunday morning. <laughs> You ain't had no closet. You, you had a nail on the side of the wall. <laughs> I know I'm right about it. I know I'm right about it. But you got up on Sunday morning. You, you, you didn't try to decide what you were going to wear to church. Yeah, on Saturday night, you knew blue or black. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? It makes it a whole lot easier to make a decision when you don't have so many options. My brothers and my sisters, whenever your present situation and your present circumstance is destroying you, you got to make a decision. Are you hearing this? You may not know what the right decision is, but you do know that doing nothing is not an option. That's why, that's why, brothers and sisters, let me meddle a little bit here. That's why we, we have to admire our foreparents. They, they realized that doing nothing wasn't an option. So, so, so they, against the odds, against the odds, they, yeah, the Jim Crow laws against them, people threatening and violent, violence all around them, they made up my mind, they made up their mind that with God's help, the only thing we got now is a vote. Are y'all hearing this? They, they didn't have any more options. They didn't see voting as being optional. I get a little mad, a little, a little miffed at folk who see voting as optional. Are y'all hearing this? They realize, they realize that we really ain't got but one hope. God has opened the door in spite of everything else, and we have hope in going to the polls. So although there's nobody running who looks like us, y'all ain't hearing this. Although nobody's running, matter of fact, they said most of the folk who are running don't even like us. But the only chance that we got of making anything better is to run to the polls. And keep on voting and exercise this right that our foreparents died for. 
I'm trying to help somebody here. Huh? I know ain't nobody going to shout right here, but we got a crazy man in the White House right now. Y'all hear me? We got a crazy man in the White House right now because some of us, some of y'all, made a conscious decision. They ain't voting. Huh? Oh, y'all hear somebody made a conscious decision to sit back and do nothing. I don't know what's wrong with us. I don't, don't know what's wrong with us. I ain't think I'd ever see a day when I hear my people talking about, well, all of them corrupt and Ain't none, of them, ain't none of them right. And so you decided just to do nothing. Let me ask you something. How's that working for you? How's that working for you? There comes a time when you can't sit back and do nothing. You've got to look at your options. And... Ain't going to be no shouting up in here today. These folk, they concluded, they concluded that if we sit still, if we don't do anything, we're going to die. Are y'all hearing me? I'm trying to help somebody. I keep saying that so you'll hear me. If you don't do nothing, if you sit here and do absolutely nothing, we're going to die right here. So they, they made a decision. They made a decision. They came up with a solution. The only chance that we got is to strut up into the enemy camp. The only chance, our best, it ain't a good option, but the best option we have is to walk up into the enemy camp. And so they decided, well, since that's our option, they began walking. <laughs> Middle of the night, began walking toward the enemy camp. Look at them, look at them. They're sick, they're broken, but they're doing the best they can to get to the enemy camp. But something happened while they were on their way. Look at verse 6. They're going through the desert trying to get over to the enemy camp, and the Bible says that the Lord made the enemies hear stuff that wasn't happening. Y'all hear me? Now, 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 let me throw this in. Since this is in the Bible, I got I to gotta show you this. Just a moment ago, the reason why the king got mad was because, uh, yeah, God messed up their sight. <laughs> now he's messing with their hearing. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. Don't you know God can do anything now? The Bible says that those folk, yeah, they, 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 yeah they, the, the army, through the night, they started hearing Horses, and they were hearing chariots. It's in verse 6. It says that they were hearing a mighty army coming at them, and they, they were afraid because they heard all of this coming at them. Now, now, now mind you, wasn't nothing but four sick men <laughs> walking toward them, but they heard armies. They heard chariots. They, y'all ain't hearing this. I wonder if anybody up in here knows God will. God will make a way. God knows how to work it out. They heard all of that, and guess what they did? They heard all of that going on. They heard all this rumbling going on. The Bible says they got scared and ran. 
Not only did they run, not only did they run, they ran and left everything. Are y'all hearing me? They ran and left all of their below. They heard a noise and they began to run and they ran around and left their food, left their clothing. Are y'all hearing me? Left all of their rations, left everything right there in the camp. <laughs> so now, <laughs> these four sick men finally struggled up into the camp. <laughs> and when they get to the camp, They smell food cooking. <laughs> it's already done. And they, I wonder if I got a witness here that God will. I, I don't I, I just wonder if I got one witness up in here. God will. God will make ways. He makes ways out of no way. Don't you understand? They didn't have to fight for it. Y'all ain't hearing me. They didn't have to fight for it. They didn't have to go in there begging for it. God had already made a way. I wonder if I got one witness in the house. How many times have you made up your mind how hard something is going to be? How many times have you made up your mind that you just can't make it another step just to find out that when you finally put forth a little bit of effort, God has already, I wonder if I got a witness here, won't God make a way out of no way? One of I got a witness here, won't God open doors that men shut in your face? Yes, God is still on the lookout for somebody he can use. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Yeah. He ain't necessarily looking for rich folk. Yeah. He ain't necessarily looking for strong folk. Yeah. Matter of fact, if he can find some sick folk. Yeah. Y'all ain't hearing me. Yeah. If he can find somebody that seems uh, like they have nothing going for them. Yeah. Who are willing uh, to just go ahead and try. Yeah. Go ahead and do something. Yeah. I wonder if I got a witness here. Yeah. Sometimes uh, God uses the least. Sometimes uh, God uses the lost yeah, who are just tired uh, of sitting down uh, and doing nothing. Yeah. Sometimes uh, God uses no-name folk yeah, who just tired, yeah, sick and tired uh, of doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. He's looking uh, for somebody who's come to realize that doing nothing is not an option. Somebody who has made up their mind that I ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Yes, yes. Well, as I come to a close, let me talk to somebody here because there's somebody here 
who have not thought about your present condition. Are y'all hearing me? I'm here to tell you, if you don't know Jesus, I'm here to tell you, if you've not accepted him, you can sit still if you want to, but you'll sit there and die. God told me to tell you why sit here in the church where the gospel is being preached. Why sit ye here in the church where folk are putting their arms around you? Why sit ye here and die? Yes, you ought to make up your mind that I'm going to get up. I can't save myself, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to him. I'm going to get up and I'm going to him. Is there anybody here who will just get up and make a move right now? You see, my brothers and my sisters, if you just get up right now, you will find out that all of the work has already been done. You'll find out that he already made a way out of nowhere. You'll find out that one Friday on an old rugged cross, one of them got a witness here, on an old rugged cross, he died, he died for the sins of the world. They laid him in a borrowed tomb, but I'm glad that Sunday morning, he got up, he got up with all power in his hand. Yes, yes, get up, get up, get up, get up. Why sit ye here and die? Why sit ye here and die? And I need to let you know that if you don't know him, have not accepted him as Lord and Savior of your life, you're on your way to destruction. God told me to tell you today, why sit ye here and die? If you're here today, you're here today unsaved, have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you, 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 you don't have any other option. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There's no other option. So today, Today, you ought to be moving this way. If you're unsaved, you ought to come. If you're already saved and don't have a church covering, you ought to be moving right now. The door is open. Yeah, 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 yes. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There are precious fountains.